You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I'm joined by my good friend, Asad Shah, and who has actually lived a very interesting life. He has taken what you all may know as the smart doorbell camera ring. He took it from being, if I'm not mistaken here, a $12 million company to an over $60 million company by helping them out on Amazon. And then he just felt like, you know what, that's not enough. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to make music. (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely an interesting turn. So Asad, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So I've seen a lot of your content on Twitter and you're you're very adept at Amazon selling and Amazon marketing. Obviously, if you did what you did with Ring, uh, was that something you just wanted to get into, I guess, you know, online marketing when you saw like the niche thing that was going on on Twitter? No, it was more the Amazon side of it started in college. So I was studying, um, I originally went to, to, to be a, to be an architect. Um, but that was going to take, a couple extra, like a couple more years longer than I wanted to when I was already 23 at the time. So I, I didn't want to spend that much more time in college. So I switched to business. I'd always kind of been interested in business and had a knack for it, but I didn't want to be another kid just getting a business degree because I felt like that was a cop out. Um, but at that point I was like, I just want to be done with school. So I started studying international business and I happened to be in learning about importing and exporting. And one of my friends mentioned, he said, Hey, there's these guys who teach, how to do that and sell online, you should check out their, their course and their stuff. So um, it was these guys called the startup bros. So I watched, I went through their whole thing, went through their training and then started learning Amazon. And I did it on my own in college for a bit. I paid my last, everything my last year I paid myself. Uh, and it was mostly from earning that. And then when I graduated, I was, I happened to interview at Ring for a different position. And they said, uh, I, I wrote some Amazon stuff on my, my cover letter, my, my resume, and they said, hey, we don't post this position, but if you want to interview for it, we need someone to manage Amazon. So it was kind of like a quiet hush-hush interview. I guess they were being really like, you know, covert about it. They didn't want people to know that's what they were doing. And then I got that job. I was the first one in the company to have that position. I don't think anybody else had it after me. Um, and uh, yeah, and then like I learned a lot there. I kind of brought some of my skill set, but it was, it was just, it was kind of circumstantial. It wasn't necessarily something that I, I set out to learn about. It was, it was circumstantial based on what I was studying in school and what my friends knew about. But I was always kind of in um, – once I got to college, I was very into the entrepreneurial scene. So it was just, you know, me picking something and running with it, and it ended up being Amazon. Nice. Uh, I know a while back you had uh, talked about how – You know, you took Ring from, you know, a $12 million to over a $60 million company on Amazon, which is by no means a small feat. I mean, there's people out there who claim anybody can do it with $12 million, but if you can't turn 10 into 100, you can't turn 12 million into 60 million. Yeah. But uh, you kind of struggled a little bit with that sense of accomplishment. Uh, you went through a whole period of, uh, imposter syndrome, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think even when I was there, so, so the exact amount was when I got there in, I got there September of 2016, like August, late August, early September, and they had done about 8 million. Um, and up until Q4, they did about 8 million in sales on Amazon. And then by the end of the year, I finished at 16 million. So I did 8 million in the last quarter. And then 2017, we hit 56 million. 2018, I was on track to do 110 um, before Amazon bought them out and we ended up leaving. And I think, I think that the imposter syndrome kicked in pretty quick. I think it's something I've always had on the, I think I'm not something I've always had. I think it's when you don't have a lot of self-esteem, it's kind of just waiting. You know what I mean? Like if you're not, I wasn't, I hadn't really done anything substantial up until that point in my life. So it's like whenever, whenever I would hit that, it was, it was expected that it was going to kick in. Um, and it, it didn't feel real. Like looking at those numbers and, and all that, like ring was growing a lot at the time too, but just looking at those numbers and, and, and trying to take credit for it just seemed weird. Cause there was always something in the back of my head. Like, I don't, I was like, did I, like, I don't know. I don't know. If, like, I don't know if I did this. I don't know if this was all me. There's gotta be something else going on. There's other people here. Um, but the more I've thought about it over the years, most of that, I would say about 75, 80, I'd say probably like 85% of it was all me. And, and the imposter syndrome was, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's not something I'm over at this point. It's still something that kind of pops up here and there, especially when it comes to ring, which is why I don't talk about it as much, but it's it's a strange it's a strange feeling it's a strange phenomenon um i think anybody that i think anybody that experiences any level of success has it um but yeah it was it was it was it was strange it was weird uh but yeah that 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 was something that ate away at me at a long for a long time uh and i i just kept constant i just had constant doubt in my mind that i actually did what i did yeah, I get that, especially coming from a place where, uh, you know, all the listeners and you know as well that I spent a two-year period being homeless with my family. We're all living in a hotel. And so when I actually did anything, you know, it, I, I got a regular job and it was like, uh, this is, they're going to find out that I'm a fraud and I don't know how to swing a hammer or, you know, something like that because it's hard uh, if you've gone uh, a period of time, even if you haven't had like, you know, whatever the negative of accomplishment is, but just no accomplishments, and then you finally yeah. get a big accomplishment. If you're, if you're not accustomed to that, if you're not accustomed to getting the, you know, small wins, a big win is going to feel like, okay, this is horseshit. Yeah. 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 I totally get it's, that. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, Chris Rock has a really funny bit on it where he as successful, like he's one of the most well-known comedians of all time. He, he says that he still has, uh, his, his joke is that he keeps it backpacked by the end, by the doorway. Cause he's like, he's like, at any point, I'm just ready that someone's going to show up and be like, be like, Oh, you know, like, uh, just, just go up to him and be like, this is, this is all a joke. This was a massive prank. None of this is yours. Like grab your shit and get out. And it's just funny to see that somebody like him has that, um, Cause, and I, I don't, I don't really, I don't know what it is. I think it might be, I think one big reason it happens is because everything kind of normalizes. So when you, when you achieve something, when you achieve anything big, it, it becomes normal. Um, you know, like everything that you have now, you're sitting there like, this is normal for you. But there was a point where you were homeless. Um, 
there was a point where I was homeless for a couple months in college, sleeping out of my car. And to think that I'm here now living by myself, it's, it's, it's like, this is normal for me now. Um, the thought of even like living with other people pisses me off. Um, so I think that's part of where imposter syndrome kind of like, and I think that's also kind of it. Like you do all this crazy stuff and then it normalizes. And then in your, in the back of your head, it's like, well, if I'm here now, this must not be that hard. You know, it's like this opposite, like this, this, I don't, it's, and it's just like this whole other thing of self-esteem where it's like, maybe this isn't, um, like it's, I think it's just this weird feeling of like, this doesn't feel right. Like this isn't normal. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I think, you know, I think we've both experienced it in in very strong. For me, it was one of those, well, if I can do it and I'm an idiot, and it, I, I'm bragging about an accomplishment, quote unquote, that, you know, a blind aid ridden circus monkey could have done in 20 minutes. I just happened to get lucky and end up here. But because I suck so much, this is an accomplishment for me. And is that, you know, uh, yeah. it's not within your realm of your normal, what you're used to. And then you see other people with it and you just wait a minute. I guess it ain't that hard. Right. Yeah, because then you'll question, well, why was it so hard for me? There must be something wrong with me. Then you go down that freaking rabbit hole, and the next thing you know, you're just like, fuck it, I suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. I think um, I've kind of I think that I think that gratitude helps with it a lot. If you kind of remain like I've I found that if I remain grateful on a regular basis, then I don't have those doubts as much. Um, and I think it's good because what I find is like, if, if the imposter syndrome starts hitting too hard, it causes me to slip back into a really shitty place. If I, if, if it goes unchecked and then I just stop doing it, I'm gonna, I go back to like, well, I'm going to fail anyway. And I got lucky on this and I got lucky on that. Like, let me just, uh, it's basically like, let me, let me, let me, let me cash out before I crap out. And, um, and then I kind of become stagnant and stop working. And then it's like, if I do that for too long, then I end up in a shit situation. It's like, well, I need to fucking do something or I'm going to be homeless again or something, or like I'm going to be broke. And um, yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's very weird. And I think it's like, I think I've, I've gotten to a point now where I kind of trick myself. Like I, I think that deep down, I fully believe everything I've done is not that hard. Um, that's kind of my mindset. And, and so because of that, I, I it's kind of like, I just can, I just, I just bullshit myself basically. And, um, it's like, you know what, like, yeah, this is all, anybody can do this. It's not that hard. Um, it's not special that you've done it, but you got to just kind of keep it. It's, I don't know how to, it's like, I've created this false, this, like, this kind of like pseudo floor for myself. And if I get close to it, I bounce back. Um, and it kind of keeps me keeps me going in a way without letting me totally crash and burn and without becoming totally um, arrogant. Yeah, I think that's the issue um, with a lot, uh, especially people who get started out and they're either not hitting the results that they thought they were going to hit or they're that guy who got who made a thousand dollars in one day, one time, and he starts thinking he's going to make three hundred and sixty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah because he, you know, he's just all excited about it. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, the, the ego and the confidence take a nosedive. Yeah. But I agree with you on the attitude of, or the aspect of gratitude. You know, it does make a big deal. You know, where I live now, 
somebody who I mingle with on a daily basis, whether it be Twitter or in real life, could probably buy my house, you know, without thinking. Could buy everything I own with no problems about it. But for me, knowing how hard I had to work to get to this point and knowing how hard I had to fight, I don't care if I had to fight three days for that piece of chicken. That's the best damn piece of chicken in the world because I had to fight for it. It means something now. Yeah. And so I think that does take away because I'm with you. I've always had that issue that it's a constant struggle with, am I really as good as the results or even other people are saying I am because I'm just me. Yeah. You know, I, I still piss on the toilet seat too. It's not, <laughs> you know, I'm not this amazing person. And then it's, it's just a whole back and forth. But um, since we're on the subject of it, uh, after you had left, uh, rain because they you know bought out by amazon uh what happened next you kind of went into a whole different mode of uh just various entrepreneurial projects yeah so after i so when amazon came in and bought them out it was it was pretty it was interesting to see that so excuse me i was technically a blue badge for like three or four months um and working for amazon it became very clear within a couple of weeks. I was like, if this is the future, then I, I'm not staying here because this sucks like major dick. Um, so I... Was this before or after Bezos got on uh, TRT? Because... Oh, <laughs> it, it, I'm sure. It, that that might have had something to do with the culture of the company you work for, but it was before he got on testosterone replacement therapy. Right. I think it was, I'm sure it was after, cause this is like 20, 2018, 2017 is when they started the buyout. 2018 is when it finished like early 2018. Um, but I also had an idea, like I, I'd been up to Amazon three or four times a year, every year for the, I mean, probably like five times a year, 2016, 2017, 2018. And just seeing how they worked. And I had a couple of friends that worked there and I'm, it just didn't, I was like, it's cool. It's great. Just like basically everybody that works at Amazon and I'm talking about like corporate, not warehouse, but everybody that works in Amazon, they like the fact that they could say they work in Amazon. The vast majority of them probably hate their jobs because they're pulling 10, 12, 13 hour days. They get like 10 vacation days a year, which may, which maybe, I mean, maybe it sounds great to some people. It's to us, it sounds terrible because we're, right. we're out of that. But I, I, maybe to other people, it's great. But I, it was just, I wasn't a fan of it. Um, there was there, I didn't know if there was a future there for me because them buying us out made my job kind of irrelevant. Um, so I wasn't going to wait to find out. I ended up going to another startup called Cavo and I was the director of e-commerce there. And, um, that was a, that was a good experience too. They, they did pretty well on Amazon. I launched them on Amazon and then, uh, I got cut. Like I, I started there in, uh, May and I got cut in November. So, that was, that was kind of a weird experience, but it was, I think it was what I needed. Cause that's literally what set me after that point. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going all in on myself. Um, and that's when I started not long after that, I launched my Amazon course. I started taking Twitter way more seriously. And then I started an Amazon a consulting agency. So I had a couple people try to hire me and I just, I was like, you know what, I'm not, 
I'm not looking for full-time employment, but if you want me to be a consultant and, 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 you know, hire my eight, my agency, which was just me, uh, we could do that. So I had a lot of clients most of 2019 and that's basically what I was doing. Just doing a bunch of client work on Amazon while I got my course up and Twitter and started doing all these other things. Um, late last, like, yeah, like late last year, I took over a music blog. Um, so me and my friend run that now. So it, it kind of started to like, and I just started expanding from there, doing more stuff on, in, on the entrepreneurship side, selling more info products, uh, getting, trying my hand at drop shipping. Um, and now I'm at a point where that's kind of my main focus. I moved away from, I still have a few clients on the Amazon side, but it's, it's kind of funny going through that journey of like full-time employment, um, where one person determines everything whether or not you have a job or whatever and then you kind of go to an agency and you make a lot of money and you're like this is great but then you have 10 clients who are pissing you off and don't 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 shut the fuck up um and then you kind of move away from that and it's like you know what i really just want to be in a position where i can't um <laughs> the best way to describe it is the more i thought about it last year i was like i don't want to talk to anybody unless i want to be in a position where i don't have to talk to anybody unless i want to talk to them and, and that's been, that's surprisingly, surprisingly been a big motivation for me to be entirely in charge of my money. Cause I'm just like, you know what? A lot of people just annoy the shit out of me. So I'd rather just go live in a forest and make a bunch of money online. So that's kind of, yeah, you just have to make sure that you have Wi-Fi out there in the forest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I totally get that. Um, I want to be in a position where no one talks to me. Uh, but I have a wife and I have children and I think the, the, the only clear sign that, uh, God loves me or any of the gods love me is that, uh, I spent a lot of time when I was a young kid in underground rock concerts and like smoky ballroom bars with like, you know, like hellbilly rock bands up on stage. And yeah. so I can't really hear that well. Okay. Especially at like female voice frequencies. Oh, okay. So that, and that's the only aspect of my hearing that's affected. So uh, it's just a sure sign that the gods love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I get it, man. Um, it, it's all about the freedom aspect of it. You, you want to be in charge of your own life. Yeah. But I was just noticing you said you, you went from an agency uh, as far as having your own agency. And now you've kind of getting into drop shipping. That's backwards of the way everybody else has ever done it. Yeah. <laughs> Usually yeah. there's agencies that people go to because they have a drop shipping store. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, I don't like drop shipping. Drop shipping sucks. I'm going to start an agency. And then they do that. You went the exact yeah. reverse. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's working out for you, but. Yeah, it's the, so the, the agency was, um, that was entirely Amazon, but I realized it might've been, it might've been having bad clients or like one bad client specifically. Um, I had a client who, this guy started a company. He was, it was a, it was a manufacturing like office, office supplies, uh, manufacturer and they are, they're based here in LA, not, not far from where I am down in Compton. Um, but it was just, it was so like, it was just like stupid expectations. People, like the CEO wasn't 
up to like he just it's like he was living in 1995 like wasn't aware of what like how things worked or whatnot and it's like he's not that old he was like early 50s I'm like dude you've been in the game um but it was just so like I don't know it's it's hard to describe I just had a couple bad clients and and I wasn't a fan of it um I think the biggest thing was I think yeah no the biggest thing was and this is also my experience at Cabo was uh this is funny because it's like kind of reverse it's kind of like the opposite of imposter syndrome but I got really, really sick of people questioning what I was doing. And not to think, it's like, I don't think I know everything, but when it came to Amazon, it's like, I know most of, I, even right now, I know more than 90% of people in the world when it comes to Amazon. And, and that's just, I just, cause that, I don't think there's that many people that have, that have spent enough time on it. Um, and, and it just became so frustrating to constantly deal with idiots who were just like, well, why don't we do this? I'm like, we can't. Like, like, why am I here? Why are you paying me? I'm here because you don't know shit and I do. So stop questioning what I'm trying to tell you. Um, and then from there, it was kind of like, you know, I went to the, went to the dropshipping side of things because I was, uh, I was building a brand on Am- to, to launch on Amazon last summer. And, and around Q4, we were ready to launch. But uh, so the like just had some issues with suppliers and, and the timing and everything was going to be a pain in the ass. So I started working on it again. I kind of, I put it on hold. I was like, let me go try drop shipping. And uh, I started building the brand for Amazon again um, earlier this year. And it's probably going to launch in, in a couple of weeks. Um, and it was just like drop shipping was just another aspect of the e-com that, that I wanted to know because, excuse me. Um, it was more, it was more it was, it, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of drop shipping. I just see it as a way as like a means to an end but it was like good Facebook ads practice. And yeah, I mean, ultimately my thing was let me just be in a position where I can manage my own businesses and they make enough money that I don't have to deal with people. Um, and I also wanted to see if drop shipping was legitimate or not. Cause I mean, I, as I'm sure you've seen like, yeah, there's a lot of guys who, who try it doesn't work and they go make an agency and they're like, well, I can help you with Facebook ads. It's like, you haven't done shit with Facebook ads. How are you going to help me out? Um, you know, it's that pyramid scheme model that a lot of guys are doing right now. So I wanted to see how legitimate it was. And um, I also just, I mean, I like the idea of, of uh, I think the idea of just like total freedom. I think that's a big thing too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that yeah. answers your question. Oh, oh it does. Uh, I think it's kind of what kind of led to uh, where you're at now. You know, you were recently started talking about starting your own podcast because you're really into the uh, whole side of the you know inner peace and just I guess I can I don't really know how to describe it you do it's you but I've, I've noticed you've kind of gotten into that a little bit especially between your music and a lot of the things that you're putting out yeah I think that I noticed um I have to I actually have to post the first episode um I I think, I think the underlying theme of my life has been personal development. Um, and I think that I, I enjoy just kind of talking about it. So I figured why not just, you know, just, just very bare bones. Let me, let me, let me put it, let me put something together, record it, just put it out. Um, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a passion project, I guess. It's not, I'm not going to try to make it big. I'm not going to do anything. Like I'm just going to put this out and, and the whole point of that is um, that that kind of theme, that 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 underlying idea of personal development and, and growth, has always been 
it's just always been something that's been there. And I figured maybe I can help some people out and, and see what I could do to kind of cut down the learning curve and, and just kind of make something that I wish I had when I was going through all of that. Cause I went through most of it by myself. Um, and so that's kind of what brought me back to it. Every time it, it's one of those things that every time I really go back, every time I really go down to like, if I, you know, like it's, it's, it's like, if you had $20 million fall on your lap tomorrow, Hey, this is Nate from Unlimited Live Concepts, and we teach people how cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing. Imagine being able to earn interest off of every dollar that flows through your hands, whether you're spending it or saving it. We offer a lifetime membership to our financial education platform for $77, but right now you can use promo code RUGGEDLEGACY and save 50% off. With Go Hunt America, you can experience your own outdoor adventure at the touch of your finger. You can find hunting, fishing, and camping spots anywhere in the U.S., put there by private landowners, and you can even list your own. It doesn't matter if it's a large tract of land or a small duck blind. Just go to GoHuntAmerica.com to get started. Coming soon to the Google Play and Apple App Store. what, how would you spend your time? 20 million, you'd never need to work again in your life. It's like, what would you do? What would you spend all your time doing? And for me, I always go back to, I would want to help people and I would want to do it in some type of, I want to help people on mass. And, and I think that's kind of, it's that, that's, that's, that's kind of what the podcast led me to. Um, Cause I, and I think that, I think, I don't know how big of an impact I can have, but I think that one of the biggest things that I've realized is a lot of people don't really have peace internally. Um, I think that a big reason that we have a lot of these issues we have today is because people, people don't really like, people don't know what they want. People don't really stop and think about it. People don't really stop and think like, what do I want out of this life? What do I want? Um, what's actually going to make me happy. And I've stumbled and like ate shit so many times and, and I still, I still have a long way to go, but I, I have an understanding a better understanding now of like what, you know, what's kind of helped me. And, and I figured if I can, if I can put myself in a position to help other people, then why not? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think a lot of people just don't know what the hell they want. And so because of that, they don't really know what to chase or what to go after. You know, yeah. um, I recently wrote an article uh, just last night, released it last night, actually, uh, called Pillars. Uh, you know, there's, my theory is that there's four different aspects, uh, that a man needs, uh, as you know, majority of my contact is, uh, you know, content is, uh, male or fatherhood, manhood centered, but I mean, I suppose this applies to everyone. And I mean, I'll run this by you. You can tell me what you think. Well, these four main pillars is if you, even if only one's missing, it's kind of like driving a car with three good tires and one flat. You're going to constantly get pulled towards that empty gap. You know, it's always going to be pulling you towards what's messed up. And the four things that a man needs is love, knowledge, war, and purpose. 
And if either one of those four things is missing, he's going to be pulled towards that, and it's going to be an overcorrection. Uh, uh, you see it all the time. You know, a lot of men go through their lives, and people in general go through their lives not really knowing that they're loved by anyone or not feeling like they're loved by anyone, whether it be you know, parents or friends or whatever. And you see people seeking to replace that love with whether it's porn, extremely shallow relationships, and it's just a never-ending, constantly slamming into the wall because you keep getting pulled towards that same flat tire. Right. You know, and, and the knowledge part is, you know, we're, we're all designed to want to quest out into the unknown and discover, and it kind of feeds our inner adventurer as a man when, whenever we're, you know, learning new knowledge and discovering new things. And with war, there's an innate I, – I personally believe there's an innate warrior in, inside every man, whether he's an academic or he's a lumberjack. It doesn't matter. Something has to feed that warrior guy in him so that he's measuring up and testing his mettle and proving himself, even if only to himself. Mm-hmm. And without those things – those three, purpose can't exist. And without purpose, those other three are pointless. And so I, I think maybe you're right. People just don't know what they're missing, but they keep getting pulled into these gaps of, of the thing that they are missing. Yeah. And that they don't realize it. Yeah. I think um, that's not, a, I mean, I, I completely agree. That's, that's, I think you kind of hit it on the head there. Um, as far as as far as men are concerned, I think that's definitely there's there's an element of existence that I think can't be explained, um, but I think those things get pretty close to it, as close as you can kind of get. Because the the idea of war, the idea of struggle, is very interesting. Because it that and that's when you really stop and think about it, it's it's. I think most people, most guys will probably admit it. Some guys won't because they won't want to go there. But there is something internally that kind of pushes men in the face of adversity, in the face of struggle. Like, I think everybody, every guy at some point has thought about just like, I mean, just like, I think violent tendencies are kind of normal. I don't think they're, I don't think they make you a bad person or make you evil, but there's, there's something there if it's physical or if it's just like this idea of challenge. Um, and I think that that's definitely, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's true in the sense that like you need a very holistic approach to, to life. And you, you said, you said knowledge, the pursuit of knowledge, war, um, love and purpose, love and purpose. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think love's like, it's, it's insane how, how much love men don't get nowadays. It's crazy. Like people don't but, like all this now, stuff. But, but to say anything about it, oh well, that's just uh, beta or simp, right. whatever. Yeah. But you know, you know as well as I do, if you're having a really bad day, just a friend patting you on the back just m- makes you feel better. You know that yeah. physical connection, showing that someone else gives a shit about you. Yeah. But right now, yeah. you see in the, in this. I guess you can call it a pseudo mainstream culture. You know, you're not allowed in any way to actually want to feel like someone gives a shit about you. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird because it's like on both sides. Um, this is one reason that I I just I despise the manosphere so much. Um, which when I like the manosphere to me is these guys who are they're they're very clearly angry. They're very angry. They have some very very deep issues, and they they they're the ones that say this kind of stuff like oh this like this is beta, this is blah 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 whatever. And it's like you don't actually. If anything, I feel bad for him. It's like you guys don't actually know anything about traditional masculinity. Um, to want to feel love isn't uh, is it? There's nothing beta about that. There's nothing. There's nothing. You don't fall short as a man. Um, and and people don't understand. It's like I, it's it, and I think that a lot of them just haven't faced that deep loneliness or that deep feeling of of uh, of not you know, just not, not having those feelings. And it's, it is very important. Like just, just somebody giving, like just, just physical touch, somebody just patting you on the back or just giving you a hug or telling you that, you know, you're, they're glad you're around can totally change how you feel. And I think that most of the time, a lot of men don't get it. And it's really stupid because it's, it's, it's like on one side, it's, it's this whole thing like, yo, toughen up, like toughen up all the time. You shouldn't want to follow. It's like, all that does is just suppress emotion. And that's how you get guys going, losing their fucking minds and shooting people up or whatever the hell. Um, and that's exactly what I was getting to with the, the war part of it. Yeah. They need that challenge. They need that conflict, whether it's an internal struggle to combat their own weakness or, hey, I climbed this, you know, I completed this hiking trail or whatever it is, you know, I yeah. lifted that weight. They don't have it. And so they seek it out in the most literal sense in a hyper overcorrection that burns down everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dangerous and it's bad. And what's, I think what's like, what's worse is on the other side, you have this whole group of people, um, mostly feminists who, who are just constantly attacking men, bringing men down. And it's like on the other side, it's like, you have like, like male privilege, this men do this, men do that. Women don't have like, and it's like, what people don't understand is how badly in the West men have been, men have basically been getting shit on for a long time. And it's like, yeah, there's some get on for the past 3000 years in the West when it comes down (laughs) to exactly what's expected of them. Uh, Right. A buddy of mine, his son almost died when he was two. The entire fucking neighborhood showed up and they were like, oh, oh, we're okay. okay. Uh, If there's anything I can do or anything we can do, we'll help you to his wife. Oh, wow. You're a fucking man. Deal with it. Right. And so, I mean, we're the first to die, the first to fight, the first to get shit on, and the first to get blamed when everything goes fucking wrong. So men don't really have it that fucking easy. Yeah. You know, but the privilege of male, and I actually had this conversation with my son today. I said, the privilege of being a man does not come without 100% of the responsibility of being a man. You don't get one without the other. You don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, you get shit on a lot. I mean, people say it's so easy. and some of the things that, you know, we get to do, like pee standing up, you know, that's great. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love that shit. But yeah. everything else, you know, it's a, it's a thankless job. It is a constantly demanding job. And the entire fucking world on all sides is looking at you going, you better deliver because you're a fucking man. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that, um, I don't know if you watch Joe Rogan's podcast at all, but there's some times where he's talked about, he talks about it really well. And he said that, he said that modern fem, modern day feminism is the product of a lack of masculinity and i think that's very true because if if men, like you know like there are guys that are total pieces of shit i'm not i'm not oh, denying yeah, anything on that 
and 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 that's where it's like there are other men like i i um i just remember being at a festival a couple of years ago and a friend of mine was um uh she was she went out by herself and then she came back and she brought some guy with her and then he, this guy just started hanging out with us and was like okay like cool, like no problem with any of us we're having a good time and um later on in the night i find out that like they're, we're all hanging out together and they're kind of like over there and i thought she, i thought she liked this guy she was spending all this time with him so i didn't think anything else of it but after a little while she kind of starts hanging around me and and i noticed that this guy was being a creep and i turned up like and i i kind of pulled her away i was like do you want to be around this guy like i'll like and she's like no he's 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 creeping me out and so i stepped in and i was like you need to fucking leave dude like i like you like walk away right now or this is going to be a problem and nothing physical happened but like i handled it and he left and then i find out the next day that two or three of my other friends had seen that and she'd gone up to them first and they didn't do anything and i'm like you guys got it like you like that's on us if some other guy's being a creep if some other guy's being a piece of shit you need to be a fucking man and step up exactly um you know that's and part so, of the responsibility that comes with it yeah exactly and and so it's like men need to step up more and it's kind of this weird thing of like who does it first but I think that we're headed in the right direction. I think that, you know, fatherhood is very important and, and becoming, I think the best thing anyone can do, especially if they had a shit childhood is to develop themselves and, and become the best father they can be. And it's like, even if you don't ever become a father, you don't want to, or whatever it is, be a father figure for somebody else. There's a lot of kids out there who need that. And if you can serve that purpose, that could be the difference between, um, you know, you can kind of cut off the, the trauma onto that onto the next onto the lineage of that person yeah you break um, the cycle yeah yeah and so yeah i think i definitely agree with you on that i don't know if you've heard, have you heard of nora vincent you know who that is mm, i may she is it's a like I'll, I'll send you the video after this too but nora vincent is an author she's a she's a lesbian and she wrote this book called self-made man and she wanted to see what it was like. Like, she wanted to really see, like, what is it like? What's the difference between being a guy and a girl? What's the difference between men and women? Like, how is it, you know, is it really that, hard, that much harder for men? So she did this experiment where I think for over the course of, like, a year, she lived as a man. And she's, like, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, so it wasn't, and she's kind of, like, a, a little bit broad in terms of how she's built, um, but it was really funny because she, it was really interesting. She, so she lived as, a, so she joined, like, she joined a bowling team. She did all this stuff and like, and like came up with this whole alter ego, like, you know, like I think her name was Ned or something as, as a guy, but she told all these people she interacted with that she was a guy. Like they, they didn't know that this, this was a woman posing as a guy. Um, and she wrote this book and, and at the end of the book, she, or like the whole premise of the book is she, um, she was asked afterward in an interview. She's like, now that you've, seen both sides of it would you choose to like would you would you choose to live as a man or live as a woman she was like i would 100 percent choose to live as a woman she's like women have no idea what men go through she's like they might not have it um i think she said something about not, not about having it better i don't know what it was but she was like she's like men have it so much more difficult in some ways in ways that women have no idea and will never understand Cool. Um, yeah, so she just she goes into detail. She did a couple interviews talking about it and and just talks about how how different it is and how she understood it and respected it so much more. And I think 
one of the things that she came, um, one of the realizations she came to in that book was, uh, she said men are hurting way more than, 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 the, than the world realizes. And she said more than anything. She said men need our love and men need each other more than anything. Um, and she did this experiment in like 2007. So it's been a little while. Man. And it's, I, I think it's only gotten worse since then. Um, so I think that that is one of the, I think that should be mandatory reading for every fourth wave feminist. Um, <laughs> especially the ones that try to come out and attack, um, attack, attack men constantly who just push everything on like men are trash, men are this, men are that. It's like, no, you know what? You're kind of trash. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's, it's more so men and women, um, uh, you know, while my content is mainly geared towards men and for men, yeah. I really do believe it's more, it's, it's just as many women out there who are getting shit from both sides. They're getting shit from the feminists. They're getting shit from, you know, uh, what do they call it? Like the trad women or whatever. Yeah. And it's just a back and forth when, while men have always needed the same shit, women have always needed the same shit. It's just this weird kind of culture we find ourselves in where people are all of a sudden deciding that, you know, sunlight and water no longer make trees grow. We're just going to change the shit up and, you know, turn it into shit and orange soda. And that's what we need. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, I don't really understand why, but you going into, you know, working on this passion project of yours with, uh, the podcast and wanting to reach out and help these people who don't really have this piece. And I think that's awesome because a lot of people, they get into things like the podcast or uh, a blog and it's partly because of passion, but they also wanted to blow up and get big, but you're doing this strictly because you have the desire to help people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's, that's the, um, that's the main kind of driver behind it. And I think that it'll help me out too. I think it'll help me organize my thoughts and kind of talk about my experiences. And I, I came to this because I think in the last year I found myself becoming very jaded. Um, I don't know if it was a result of me living in Los Angeles or, or just as some experience. That's a hundred percent. I'll tell you right now. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure that has a big impact, but I, I know that a lot of it, there was, there was an instance with some of my friends that really, that really sent me back and, and, and messed me up um, last spring. So I also, I figured this was a good way for me to help people. And I think it's going to be really helpful for me too. I think it's going to get me to a point where I'm going to, I like my, my plan with it is to go as deep as I can into myself and, and kind of reconnect with my emotions because I think for the last year or so, I've been a robot. You know, honestly, like I seem fine. I joke around everything like that. But in a lot of ways, I feel like I don't, I, I, for, for the last like year or two, I have, I felt like I don't really feel deep emotion um, or any emotion. Only thing I tend to feel is something negative. So it was, uh, I think it'll kind of handle both of those things, which I'm looking forward to. Um, and if not, I'll just be a robot helping people out. So we'll see what happens i mean elon musk has done weirder shit bro so. <laughs> yeah uh so before we start wrapping up um 
just want to make sure that everything is there is okay. The last time I had talked to you or kind of interacted with you at all, you had everybody on the street riding, trying to break down your, <laughs> trying to break down your windows, sirens going nonstop. Uh, as it, from being inside the riot zone, as it were, has things kind of calmed down where you're at now? Yeah, yeah. Everything is starting to go back to normal. Um, pretty much every storefront was boarded up, which, you know, didn't make sense. They didn't want to get looted and, and jacked. So uh, most of them have started to take that down now. They, most stores are open regular hours. It, it was weird because it kind of happened right as they, California started to open up. But I don't think there's been, um, there hasn't been anything since then. Which is, which is nice. And I think life is kind of starting to go back to normal. Most of the protests seem to have moved outside of Los Angeles at this point, which is good. And I think that, um, I think seeing all the, what was, uh, yeah, I think it was great because all the cops, when all the cops had come out, a lot of the cops were, were, were walking with the protesters, showing solidarity. And uh, I think it scared the shit out of the looters and the rioters. So yeah, everything, everything for the most part now is, is starting to return back to normal, thankfully. Yeah, you know, my, my whole opinion on the matter is it was more of a uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Everybody being locked in the house for months on time, losing their mind, and then finally it's just time to explode. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a perfect storm for all this stuff. Um, not to, not to like, I, I, I had my own issues with. I saw a lot, I just saw a lot of my friends out protesting and, and getting like, they just became, but they, they, they started to care a lot just like that. And I was, I was just sitting there thinking like, you're doing this because you were locked in the house for three months. Like you, you don't care. this <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, I don't blame them. If I haven't been able to go to Target, you know, because right. that's the only thing my wife wants to do is order shit off Target and I have to drive her and pick it up. So if I hadn't been able to do that, that means I've had to listen to her complain about no Target. So look, if I got a protest to get to Target, we're going to the Target. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, exactly. That's how you got to do it. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up here, but I'm very interested in spreading your new podcast. So I know you you, you just said you're going to have the first one uh, ready here soon, the first episode, right? Yeah. Um, What's it going to be called? It's going to, the podcast is going to be called Prodigal Son. Prodigal Son. Okay. Is that going to be on um, Google Play, iTunes, all that other? I think so. So I need to set, um, I'm recording it on Anchor. And okay. I think from there I can push it out. So I'll probably push it out to, to Spotify, Google Play, um, okay. iTunes, whichever. Well, this podcast is on Anchor. So okay. if you have any questions, hit me up. I got you. But you can use okay. your just you can just manually submit your RSS feed to app to iTunes and all that other and have it on there instantly. Okay. Without, ha cool. without having to wait for Anchor to do that. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I should do that then. Yeah. Um, once it's all up and ready to go, you shoot me the link, and uh, for those of you listening, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, so, Saad, man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it's a pleasure talking to you. This is the first time we've actually spoken face-to-face -face after the year and a half of <laughs> giving each other crap back and forth. Yeah. So. It's the best, best way to do it. Yeah, but, you know, 
uh, I've known you for a while, and I think that what you have to say is relevant and important, especially in the people that are in our kind of corner, if you want to call it, of the social media world. Uh, people who are starting businesses or working on themselves or even have businesses and you know, getting a little discouraged. You know, it, everybody's going to have those kind of ups and downs with it, but I think that people hearing someone else's journey with it, maybe some of the things like what you've experienced with uh, imposter syndrome and with me, uh, when I dealt with it, I think it's important for other people to hear uh, that they're not the only ones. They're not by themselves dealing with it. And so that, you know, they don't think like they're just isolated. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's the, the most important thing to understand for anyone going through it is you're not, you're not alone and you're not going to be the last person that goes through it. Um, it's something that, you know, uh, everybody kind of faces. And I think anybody on a path similar to ours needs to remind themselves that this isn't, this isn't easy, you know, it's not, and it's not supposed to be easy. There's a reason that we chose this path. And, and, and I think just that reminder that like, yo, this is going to be hard. Cause you don't like once, when you're actually in it and going through it and it becomes tough, people tend to forget that, that it's supposed to be tough. This road isn't going to be easy. And just that reminder that, Hey, it's going to be tough, but if you keep at it, you'll figure it out. Helps you continue on that road when, when every, every natural instinct in your body is telling you to turn around. Yeah. You know, it's always important to remember, you don't suck nearly as bad as you think you do. Yeah, definitely. That's uh that's, a, that's, a, I think that's a really important distinction to make. Yeah. But all right. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, you can look in the show notes. You can find out where to find Assad on social media. If he wants to be found, don't be offended by anything he says. <laughs> uh, but thanks for listening. To this. Yeah, he's probably joking. <laughs> it's like a 60, 40% chance he's joking. Uh, that said, thank you for all for listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. This is episode 31, back after a brief hiatus. Uh, next week, I've got a special Father's Day edition episode coming up that you're not going to want to miss. Until then, don't add to or detract from the human population. All right? You guys have a good one. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the content on all of the episodes, especially this one here. If you'd like to become a contributor and support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash rugged legacy and click on the support icon. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.